Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of Front Porch Conversation on Justice. Today we're going to talk about a subject matter that, that is a recurring point of our, in our society in this day and time. Uh, unfortunately, it's not one of those things we look forward to, but one of those the subjects that we need to address. You know, so often we get the news and read the newspaper and uh, even listen to the radio. To, about incidents or crimes that have happened in our communities. Uh, and a lot of times we look at that story and we read just the content that's just there. But there's a backstory, and there are lives involved in those stories that they're really not told when the news is broadcast or when we read it in the paper. So we're going to examine a subject matter today of, uh, with, a, with a lady who's uh, a mother, in fact, whose, whose son was tragically killed several years ago in Newport News, Virginia. Uh, We're going to have another guest in here, but she had to take care of some other obligations, so at a future date, we'll we'll gather more together for this conversation. So we want to talk about, in this context, um, the trauma that was experienced and uh, the forgiveness that occurred, if it it occurred at all, in, in the family, and also the account and the restorative justice is related to what happened to, uh, uh, to her. I want to introduce our guest today and, that's, and welcome her to Front Porch Conversation on Justice. Welcome, Ms. Gonzalez. Oh, good afternoon. Thank you, Mr. Cheek. I'm glad to be a part of this radio show and let people know what happens or what's going on in our community? Well, we're, we're obviously we're happy that you're here, but not because of why you're here. Uh, so we're going to uh, talk about some items here today that I, I introduced in the original topic there. And But I, I know from background that you're originally from New York. How long were you in New York? Uh, I was born and raised in New York, so I lived there my whole life. Okay. And the whole life, what are you talking about, two years? Uh, how long I lived in New York? Yes. Um, I was born. I can't disclose my age, but um, it's more <laughs> than 30 years. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. So why did you move to Virginia? What brought you here? Um, Virginia, my oldest son was attending college and resided in Virginia, and we had suffered a hurricane in um, Queens. And um, my family lost everything. So I figured we would get up and 
relocate to something new, something slower pace, because, you know, New York is very, very busy. Um, so something new, and I think it would have been a better experience for the children. Okay. So why Virginia? I mean, there are a lot of other states, you know. Uh, well, my son was in college, and I wanted to be a little closer to him. Not too close, okay. but close enough that if he needed me or I could see him more, then I would be able to to do that more often. And I needed a change. Um, New York was getting a little, a little wild, um, so I just wanted to experience something new and at a slower pace and be able to have my children play around in the backyard and just have more space and um, not really work as hard as I was working in New York. Okay. New York was getting wild, you stated. Uh, getting wild, how? What was going on? A lot of gang, a lot of gang activities. Um, they was compiling schools into one, so instead of it just being an elementary school, it was an elementary, elementary school and a, uh, um intermediate school and so it was like different age groups all in different floors so they was combining them together and I didn't think that um, that was working for me because I was used to my children all being around the same age group but now there's older kids gang members other you know things going on in that school that only separates them by floor so once, once you got to what what did you find? I mean, did, did you walk immediately into that dream home with the backyard and making a million dollars a year? What, what were your conditions at that well, time? Well, I actually, I actually found my dream home. I actually thought it was a dream home, backyard, a lot of space, um, very quiet neighborhood. Um, I, I thought it was, I knew it was a beginning to something new, um, and I, I really enjoyed it. And I was, um, I was, I was glad with what I what I found, and I thought the move was um, was a good, good a good move, a really good move. So, what kind of uh, trials did you go through after moving here in terms of uh, supporting you and your children? By the way, how many children did you have at the time when you moved here? At the time, I had five children. Um, okay. I was out of work for about a month. I think I found a job in a month. I was um, going crazy in the house because I'm used to always working. I've been working since I was 16 years old, and um, trying to find a job was uh, it was becoming a little bit. I thought I would be able to find something sooner, but I should have maybe found something before. But I knew that um, I'm dedicated, hard worker. It shouldn't take me long to find something, and it took me about three to four weeks to find a job. So I was living off of what I saved uh, my vacation from my previous job in New York. So it was it was a little tough at times, but we made it through. Okay. And what were the ages of your children and the, and the sexes? Hmm. I have four boys and one girl. Well, three of my boys lived with me. The other one was away um, in college. So um, that was four years ago. So I had a 13-year-old, a 16-year-old. Seventeen uh, and a tw- an eleven-year-old. I want to say. Okay. And, and were they involved in sports or how active were your boys? Um, boy, 
were involved in um, basketball, of course, basketball, and my daughter was into track. Okay, so that kept kept you busy running back and forth with all the schedules, I assume. Yes, different age groups, so I was running across town to make sure I get to this game, to be back to be at that game, to pick that child up and go to that, that event. So it was, for a single mom, it was it was a lot, but it was, a sacrifice and worth it was it was worth being able to do all those things and be there for my children support them okay so in 2015 2016 what was going on at that time um the community we lived in um i thought it was great enrolled my children in school and i just I guess after, I want to say a year, maybe, things just started to change. Different families coming in the community and um, issues going on in the school. And, you know, every school has their policies and procedures. It was just a whole lot of things going on as far as children fighting in school or the neighborhood, just a lot of a lot of youth activity and just a lot going on that I decided to take my children out of public school and I put them in private school. So it just seemed like a everything just seemed to change. It just felt like New York was coming to Virginia, just with all the kids hanging out and groups of kids here, groups of kids there, and just, you know, trying to keep the children focused and, and doing what they need to do and just keeping them engaged in in whatever sports or whatever so that they're not in the streets and that they're hanging out with kids that are, you know, that were positive. So was that a good solution, taking them out of public school? I mean, did, did it accomplish what you wanted to accomplish? It accomplished it. I think um, they liked In the beginning, of course, it was something different, smaller class setting, so not as many children, but... Um, Everybody's wearing the same thing. It's not about what you have on, and um, learning more about God and just 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 being um, amongst other children that have the same goals and values that your children have. So I think it was a, a great experience. Um, to this day, I believe my children um, really understood um, why I did it, and they was happy that they had the opportunity to experience experience that. So shortly after that, um, about what happened? Um, We wound up moving from my dream home. Well, it wasn't my home, but we we moved from that area because um, it just was getting too much. I just thought it was becoming too much. And um, we moved from Newport News to Hampton. And... um, 2016, May 15th of 2016, my son Jamel Hayes was murdered in Courthouse Green, where we moved from. Um, that day, you know, has changed my life forever. You know, um, it's a daily struggle with me and my children, and just um, trying to go on each day working. Being a single mom, a provider, still having to be there for my other children and make sure that they're they have me to you know encourage them and 
be there for them when they need me and still doing basketball and track and whatever else it is that I have to do. But um, that day was um, a day it felt like yesterday, and even though it's been two years, but it was a, I suffered a great loss. I never thought that um, I would suffer something like that, you know, moving from New York to Virginia, not saying that it can't happen anywhere, but I never really thought that I would encounter anything like that. I would never wish that on any enemy of mine or any family member. So it was something that I never thought I would be able to overcome, thinking about it, but um, something that I never thought would ever, ever happen to me because I did the things that I thought were right, and I tried to um, make sure that my children were safe and always try to give them all the things that they needed, you know, and always be there for them. And um, I, was, I couldn't change that, you know, that that incident that changed my life forever is something that um, it's hard to explain how I feel daily. You know, it's been two years, but it feels like yesterday. Um, there's good days and there's bad days, you know, that I have, but just not knowing... What happened to my son is also something that um, has impacted my life and um, is a struggle to deal with. Well, how do you deal with it? How are you dealing with it on a debate? I I think it's first and foremost with God. You know, he gives me strength every day to wake up. But family and friends, you know, people that really genuine care, genuinely care about me and my family and want us to progress, you know, friends and family near and far, because you don't have to be here with me every day to encourage me, to push me, to motivate me, or just give me those encouraging words that I need to push forward. But um, people that, you know, God has placed into my life from all over, um, mothers who suffered the same loss, um, people in different um, agencies that um, care and want me to be a part of things going on in the community. Um, just a, a lot of different people just being there and having someone to talk to and, and share. You know, not every day I want to speak about what happened to my son, but there's days that I, I'd like to and having those people around that really care and want to genuinely know how I'm feeling, it, it, there's, it's good to have in your corner, you know. And um, when things like this happen to people, others don't know how to talk to me or come at me, and it's just a regular conversation, you know, just knowing that um, somebody's there that really cares about you and, and loves you and wants to be there for you. Boys, uh, or whoever you have at home, delivery there with you now. How they come with it? Um, it's a, it's been a little tough, um, only because when you suffer a loss and that that pain that you have in your heart, sometimes it's hard to even talk to your children or your children to talk to 
to me. So I, I sometimes find it hard to, um, I don't want to make my children talk about what they're feeling, but I know that they have to speak about what what they're feeling. And I, um, um, my boys actually spoke to somebody and told them he doesn't like to speak about what happened with my son because he doesn't really think that nobody really cares. And that kind of, it kind of hurt me because I wanted him to know that anybody that I place into his life is somebody that cares about him, and he needs to understand that because there's a lot of people that's come into our lives and have left. Whatever reason they came into our lives, if they're no longer there, I know that it wasn't a genuine care. It wasn't a genuine care. They didn't really care. What was the purpose of them being around us? I don't know. But if that person is still not here and we're still not able to connect with them and talk to them or just hang out with them, then it wasn't for them to be a part of our lives. But I I made sure that I assured them that anybody that I place into their life is somebody who cares about them, who wants to help them, and who is going to be a part of their lives whenever it is that they need them. So I try to keep that open communication with them and let them know that. So so the struggle has been really real, and uh, in in terms of your son dealing with the situation, uh, I'm sure there are times when they immensely miss their big brother. Uh, And I'm, I'm sure there are times when they probably reflect on those times when they're in certain activities they used to participate with him, uh, uh, you know, in the community, in the neighborhoods, and so forth. Uh, so besides, you know, being being in a wholesome environment and having those support systems, uh, and I think it's important to have those support systems there, what, what – what type of support system really got you through as a family? What can, was there a particular group or particular entity that kind of wrapped their arms around you as a family mm-hmm. and, and, and guided you through the process? And, and what's sustaining you at this time? Oh, yes. Um, my son, Dante, he's really into sports. But, you know, after the passing of my son, I've seen the drive and his, his, um, his drive for basketball was, was gone. And it, it really hurts because Dante is the type that walked down the street and dribble a ball, and it's not even there. But he was so into basketball, and to see it just slip away, it was it was hurts. It, it hurt my heart because we want to make sure that we're able to provide all these things for our children that they love and that they want to be a part of. And I couldn't bring him back to help him with that. I couldn't offer him that support because. Who wants their mother to help them play basketball or dribble or just watch them play sports? So that kind of hurt me. But I did. Um, I was a part of the monthly dialogue at um, uh, Races of Poverty and um, Violence, where a group of pastors and police officers and things meet. And um, I was introduced to uh, Shelley Matthews, who introduced me to Cortez Higgs, who's a part of um, the Catalyst Effect. Um, I honestly do not know where I would have been or where we would be right now to this day if it hasn't been for that dialogue, for her, for the Callus Effect, and that family because they have brought us so far 
I have leaders. My boys are leaders. They are part of something powerful, something meaningful in the community. Silence empowers violence. And it's been such an amazing experience. I've took classes from them. My boys are engaged with their programs and their mentorship programs. And it's started from day one till right now. It is a family and an organization that has not left our side, not one time since that day. And I've met them after this tragedy. And they've been there for me ever since. They've been there for my children ever since. That is a a family, a family-orientated program that is geared to helping the youth succeed become leaders, core values, ethics, just life, because we need to have our children surrounded by other children that that's pushing forward, that want to be something, that want to do something with their lives. And it, it's an amazing, an amazing program, and I'm glad that I was introduced to them. I really am. Well, what do you, what do you think is missing uh, with the – the children on the streets these days, out of their lives. What are you seeing or or feeling um, as a as a direct relationship to what happened to your son? I think they 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 missing that guidance, um, that male figure, that role model. Because even with my children, I'm a single mother, but I can only offer my children me as a as a woman what a woman would do. But a lot of these children need a male figure, a male role model, somebody they can look up to. Um, I'm not knocking anybody that has to work because I have to work. Um, But just trying to engage their children in something that's going to be meaningful to them. And there's a lot of agencies out here that does the same thing, but you have to really be involved. The parent has to be involved with getting their children engaged with the right people. Because you can engage your your child with the wrong organization if you're not a part of it. So I think that um, there needs to be more things for the children to do, um, be a part of. And, I mean, I'm not just saying sports because everybody's not into sports. All these children are into basketball, baseball, football, and everybody's not going to make it to the NBA. Everybody's not going to succeed in that. So there have to be other things that interest these children, get them college ready, get them involved. And I think a lot of these children don't have people that genuinely really care because I've met a lot of people that tell me that they care and that they want to help my children succeed in whatever sports or anything else, but they really, really don't. It's they're preying on something. It's not it's not genuine, and it's really hard to find genuine people that really care, care about your children. So what that is, what how we get into the streets, because the children that need the help are already in the streets. How do we get into the streets and get them out or change their direction, their path? I don't know, but I think if everybody works together and not trying to get all the glamour, the, the fame and the glory because they had one event out in the community and 200 people showed up, I think if everybody works together as a community, I think it'll it, we'll be able to do something versus just meeting and discussing, but actually hitting the streets and figuring out what it is that these children need because they need something. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, and, and 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 we have to be very intentional and, and persistent about what we do and how we do it for the, the families and the youth that are out there. Um, and, and I agree with you. It's not a one-event thing. It's a, it's a movement. Mm-hmm. It has to be a continual movement activity. Recently, and I think you if started everybody takes on. Hmm? I'm sorry. Recently, you started a group. Um, you started a group called Peninsula Families United Together. What was the reason you started that? Um, I I've been walking in a um, I want to say a cloud for the past two years. I don't know, you know, what my day is going to look like when I wake up, and um, I was camouflaging what I was going what was going on inside of me because I still have to be a mother, a provider. I still have to work, but it just hit me two years. And that um, I need something, and I need the support of people that know exactly what I'm going through. And so I've been spoken to about starting this group from day one, but I just didn't think I was ready. But now that I sit back and I look at the things that I need, I want to be able to support somebody who's going through something, and they can support me. So we're there for one another. We know exactly what it is that we both need, and I can help you. You can push me. I can push you. And I I really believe that um, I need somebody that understands what I'm going through. And I'm not saying that all the mothers that I've met, we are going through the same thing because we all are on different levels because we deal with things differently. But I know now that I cannot continue on my life with acting like everything is okay. Everything is not okay and everything will not be okay. I have to be able to function and move forward and then what more what more better reason to do that than with somebody else who's suffering and going through what I'm going through so I can encourage them, they can encourage me, we can encourage other families and um I just want to be able to support somebody, and I want to be able to know that I am able to be there for someone when they need it. There's times where in the middle of the night, I wish I had someone that I could just talk to and and just say what's on my heart and what's on my mind, and sometimes just a little phone call or a text is more than any uh, somebody being in your presence. So I started the group because I really believe that there are so many families out here that need people to know what they're going through and know that people genuinely care and want to help them. And that's that's my goal. I want to be able to help families, and not just mothers and fathers, but the children, because the children suffer also. I want to start something where their children can get encouragement and be around other youth and other children that's going through what they've suffered and able to speak about it and and be happy, live life and not give up on sports and not give up on their self-esteem and not, you know, feel down because nobody knows what's going on in their heart and in their mind. But just be there for each other. And how that looks a couple of years from now, I don't know, but I want to start somewhere. And I'm glad I was given the opportunity to start. And I have met some amazing women. You know, um, they're all not a part of the group, but I believe and I pray that 
they will want to be a part of it just so they can see that I really do genuinely care. I want to help, and um, we can do it together. We can we can help each other. Yeah, well, the thing of it is it takes time, and uh, I'm, I'm sure it, eventually those mothers who have gone through the same trauma that you've gone through will, will either join or reach out in some way or manner. Uh, hopefully that group doesn't grow because someone else's child is uh, senselessly uh, taken or murdered on the streets of Hampton and Newport News because we want to make we want to put a stop to that kind of uh, violence in our community. Yeah. We have about a minute and a half left. Uh, let me just ask you this question: Have they caught the individual that murdered your son yet? Uh, no, I have no no leads. There has been no new information. Um, so I'm still waiting on that. But um, that's why I'm really trying to be involved or I have my children engaged with the Silence Empowers Violence, getting out in the community and letting the community know that being silent about things that's going on in the community is not going to help. And don't let it happen to you before you feel like you need to speak about things that go on in your backyard because it will hit you eventually one day and you shouldn't wait for that to happen, for you to want to be able to help make your community safe and um, help other families who are in need of knowing exactly what's going on in the in in the community that you know will help them, you know, help yeah. them get through whatever they're getting. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Miss Gonzalez. Our time has run out. We probably needed a lot more, uh, but I thank you for your honesty and your sincerity and. And being that voice that speaks out in our community uh, is so Thank needed, you, and, uh, and we look forward to future conversation with you. Uh, to our audience, tune in next week at 1 o'clock on Thursday uh, for another edition of Front Porch Conversation on Justice. Leave the familiar for a while. Let your sense and body stretch. In difficult times, it's good to remember that we need to take turns carrying each other to a place of safety. Be safe. And that's just as well. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.